it's not about me. It's about being able to leverage the gifts that we have to impact other people's life. There's not a doubt in my mind. It's not a question in my mind that there is a calling on each and every one of our lives. No doubt. The only question is, are you going to answer that calling? And if we take it a step further, there are individuals that are attached to that calling, people that have been assigned to you. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, we got Sebastian Russ today, the founder of podcastlaunchlabs.com, which is a turnkey solution or podcasts. I actually hired Sebastian to help me launch the podcast, the Building Great Sales Teams podcast, about a year ago. And he's been with me ever since. Sebastian is of the mindset that has an inc- that everyone has an incredible story that needs to be shared. And he's made it his mission to help people share their stories by starting a podcast. He's also the host of gritdaily.com, a podcast that covers startups and tech. Web3 Sucks, a show dedicated to NFT, Metaverse, and Web3 education. And last but not least, a show that I was actually on uh, a couple months back, Beyond the Story, a show that interviews entrepreneurs and business owners. Sebastian, welcome to the show, brother. Doug Mitchell, great to be here, brother. Full circle. Full circle, man. Let's talk a little bit about how we met. Um, So I actually reached out in our Apex Executives group, which is a mastermind that we're both a part of. And uh, I got a couple of recommendations for people that could help me start a podcast, right? And uh, there was two two recommendations. One answered, one didn't. The one that answered was you. So you got the business, obviously. And we've been rolling ever since. Yeah, yeah. I remember when you reached out because you you defined what my ideal client was because you go, I want to start mm-hmm. a podcast because I want to do X, Y, and Z. Here's what I'm thinking about this. And then I was like, wow, if they could only be this easy. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I remember that I was extremely encouraged because you knew exactly what you wanted. You just needed a process. And that's exactly what I had. Um, and, and, you know, I had a process and I had feedback. And those, I think those are two very, very important components when uh, starting a podcast. Yeah, hundred percent. And I did, I just needed a platform to kind of lift off from, and some ideas to, you know, expand on basically. And now we've got, you know, our own producer, we're nearing 80 episodes now. Let's and um, dude, the content is just insane that we've been able to put together the just volume of it, right? That's coming out. Uh, you know, we're doing like two reels a day, you know, of course, got my personal posts, stories, all that good stuff. So we're rolling over here. Appreciate you help, helping us get kicked off. Absolutely. So, I, I got to believe you started as an entertainer of some sort, which led you into G- DJing and emceeing all kinds of events. Where did this craziness that is Sebastian Russ begin? Yeah, no DJing. Uh, there's no been DJ. I don't do weddings, bat mitzvahs, or bachelor parties. <laughs> but, um, you know, from, from a young age, I, 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 I love to talk. And I that's just the way it's been. I grew up in a radio station. My dad was a DJ for 30 years. I had zero desire to follow in the old man's footsteps, but I, I would be tortured um, on the weekends because I would be dragged into the radio station to cut all the ads for my dad was old school radio. He would go out, sell the ads, come back to the station, cut the ads. 
And I would, I would do all the voiceovers for all the kids programs in exchange for a, a happy meal. So I, you know, I was, you know, I was, you know, I would drug uh, against my own will into radio stations. And I, and I, I grew up around that. And th I never really connected the dots until I was playing golf with a buddy um, a couple of years ago. And I told him that story and he said, man, our genes sure are powerful, aren't they? And I thought, I never even thought about my genes when it came to all that. But, you know, my dad's still on the radio now. He's retired, but he does a show uh, that, in uh, fact, he called me the other day. He's like, did you know that I'm syndicated in 20 cities? So it's like some Southern gospel show or something that makes your ears bleed. But um, uh, <laughs> he, he enjoys it. And he always calls me. He's like, I edit my show with audacity. And I'm like, you sure that's the easiest way to? He's like, I looked at your new YouTube. So it's funny. He compares notes because he's still doing traditional radio. Right. Uh, and of course, what I'm doing with podcasting. So it's, it's uh, you know, he loves to throw out the old chip off the old block. But, um, you know, it, it, it's been it's been interesting to see this this whole thing, you know, evolve. I started speaking in, in the summer of 2009. I was contracted with a network marketing company on the corporate side of things. And in my role that I had pretty much created for myself was to create training curriculum and then facilitate that training curriculum at their live events. So when I was able to go do that, I had the opportunity to, to get on stage and facilitate this. I said, this is it. This is it. This is my gift. This is my God-given gift is to be able to communicate. And I'm going to figure this out. And I, that 2009 was a transition year for me because I had moved back from Southern California to Miami. The market crashed. I was raising my daughter and I showed up with her in a, in a duffel bag and started all over again. And I did nothing for, you know, a year and a half. And I think a lot of people went through that. What, what's really going on here? Yeah. And regardless of what I wanted to do, I took that gig and that gig opened up, you know, an opportunity for me to actually be on a stage. I was already active with social media, but I, I, I knew that I needed to turn it into a business somehow because I had built a, you know, a good business in Southern California, but it was contingent upon real estate uh, and the market, you know, people, banks stopped lending, realtors stopped selling houses. There was no one to buy marketing services uh, from. So, I found myself holding the bag a little bit and I knew that I needed to create a brand that would be sustainable where people would not just invest in my business, but also invest in me. And about a year or so later, I met a guy by the name of Gary Vaynerchuk and, and Gary forever altered the, the path that I would be on and just became an incredible mentor and, and friend and, and somebody that, that deeply impacted my life. And, you know, one of the most thoughtful present, humble, like the guy just legitimately gives a shit. And I'm so grateful to have, have met him early on these days. You know, everybody follows Gary Vee and he's a celebrity for all intents and purposes. And he deserves everything he's gotten because he's either predicted it and put the work in. And, you know, he's an immigrant from Belarus that came here and lived in a studio apartment with five relatives. And, uh, you know, now he's probably worth, uh, you know, I, 500 million is probably an understatement. So it's just been right. fun to see his his career and platform take off, but also the lives that have been impacted, you know, along the way. And when I met Gary, he said, you know, Sebastian, you got to build a personal brand. Everybody's got a personal brand now. Everyone's an entrepreneur now. Everyone's got a, right. you know, everyone's do, doing their thing now. But when when we started doing this, no one was. But I knew that he said, Sebastian, your personal brand in perpetuity is your reputation. And I was like, man, that's, that's really important. That's really good too. Mm -hmm. 
And, mm-hmm. and I never forgot that. So I put on bow ties, you know, one day and looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, you know what? I can go out in public like this. So I started to become the bow tie guy and I'd show up at networking events with a bow tie and a flip cam. Like everyone lets a guy in with the bow tie and a camera, everyone. And I'd be like, Hey, Doug, just let me in. I'll put together a video recap. Just share it with your network and don't charge me to get in here. Cause I don't have any money anyway. Uh, just let me in. You're like, all right, cool. So I would go to networking events and, and do that and build relationships. And then I thought, well, maybe I can start doing my own networking events. And then I would go to the venue and I would talk them into giving me the venue for free and then giving me the room upstairs and then a set menu uh, that people could order from uh, where I would do a networking event on a Tuesday night. And then you come back Wednesday morning for a social media boot camp, And then I teach everything I know about social media. But what would happen was people like, I saw you at your event or I went to your boot camp, or I saw you, an- I saw you at another event. Maybe you can help me with my social media. Because when I started my first company, social buzz TV, I had no way I had no revenue stream. I had a bus pass and a skateboard and just a burning desire to figure it out. So when people started to throw money at me and say, Hey, can you help me set up a Facebook page for my business? And can you help me do, I thought this is great. I mean, I never knew how I was going to monetize this thing until I was you know, a year or a half into it. But during that process, I continued to evolve my personal brand. I never forgot what Gary taught me. And I held that close, you know, to, to, to my heart and what I really wanted to do. Uh, I was still a very lost, lost soul, um, you know, at the time of, of starting, but I was still imperfect action of, of being able to show up and, and play that part and be able to speak where I get asked that a lot, especially how do you land speaking gigs? Like, we'll just keep speaking. And that spins yeah. people's head, but that's the only, you know, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. You know, it really, really does. I think it takes 10 years to really build a solid brand and then another 10 to really make it profitable and, and, and meaningful. And I would take any speaking opportunity available. I, you got a soapbox in your backyard. I'm in rotary clubs, yeah. churches, groups. If you will listen the answer is yes. I can't tell you the amount of rooms I've spoken to three people in. It's it's, it's terrifying, but uh, it's part of the process. And I knew that I needed to figure. But the problem was is that it was around social media, and it was like, are, are my talks going to be around? My my first book was "Social Media Sucks If You Don't Know What You're Doing." Now, great, and but how long can we expand on these ever changing platforms? And is like that my thing? And the next thing is there is there going to be a million of me running around on social media? Gary drove the point home about social media, but Gary's, you know, first real venture was the wine business. That guy understood wine in and out. It took his dad's business from 3 million a year to 80 million within eight years and left and left it all to his dad and started VaynerMedia with his brother, AJ, in a conference room inside another startup in New York City like that. You talk about humble beginnings. They got 1,100 employees now in three countries. So it's, it's, it's wild, but where we first start is not very rare. We end up in that, in that same place, but I, I would, I would speak anywhere, but I found that speaking was extremely competitive. Found a couple things. Number one, people don't pay speakers. Number two, it's extremely competitive, right? Everyone wants to sell you on exposure. And, you know, so I, I quickly learned that, well, I, I need a back end and being able to say, Hey, I can help you out with your social media is not a back end solution. Being able to get up and flip the room on its side and deliver a talk on the power of social, of the, the power of starting a podcast and the impact it can have on your life and your business and, and walking people through tactical ways in order to make that a reality. And then them hitting you up when you get off stage and saying, hey, I need help starting a podcast and closing 10 deals at five grand a crack. That's a back end. So it took me a long time to go figure all that out. I had no back end. What was my back end? My social media agency. So if all this right. makes sense to you and you need help with your social media, hit me up. I mean, technically, I guess it could happen, but not in a very uh, stealth way. 
in a very organic stealth way of being able to say, if you stand up and you and, and you your message lands and it resonates with people, they're going to hunt you down. Because a lot of times you can't mm-hmm. pitch from the stage. Very common, you can't pitch from the stage. So you've got to, your pitch has to be integrated within the content that you're delivering. So it took a long time to figure it out. So I, I, I said, well, hold on a second. If getting to get getting booked to speak is so challenging, which it is, and it continues to be, it still is. It's a it's a luck game, and it's who knows you, not who you know. So I said, well, well, maybe I can MC events. It'll be the event MC. So I hit up a, a, my buddy Jason Keith that started a social media event called Social Fresh. He did an event in Tampa and San Diego each year. Brought in large brands, Hershey, JetBlue, Southwest Airlines, and they all, their social teams come in and say, hey, here's what we do at JetBlue. Here's what we do at Hershey. Here's what we do at Southwest. Here's what we do at Campbell's Soup. So you're getting a real solid, like, what are big brands doing with social? So you learn a lot there. Great event. And then agencies and social media people would show up there. So I hit him. I, I went to one of the events in Tampa, and he asked me for feedback after it. And I said, absolutely. And um, he said, so what did you think? And I said, well, I think that by the by lunch on the first day, I want to punch myself in the face due to the lack of energy in the room. And this guy's a very introverted, laid back guy. So he kind of stood and stared at me like I had 10 heads and boogers for, for a minute there. And he said, interesting. So, so what's your suggestion? I go, listen, I know you don't even know me, but I, my suggestion is that you let me put on a bow tie, grab the mic and MC your next event in San Diego. He goes, you know what? Let me think on this. So three months rolls by, he hits me up. He goes, you know what? I thought about it, and I want to give you a shot. I can't pay you. I said, not a problem, Jason. I don't care about getting paid. Just make sure it doesn't cost me anything. So get me out there. Put me up. Feed me. Give me a little per diem so I can buy a beer after the show, and, and we're good. And he said, no problem. Let's do it. Now, there's a couple of reasons I was doing this. Number one, I wanted to be able to get my reps in. got to get your reps in first. got to pay your mm-hmm. dues. So I wanted to get my reps in, but I also wanted to connect with people that were in my industry, people that were absolute monsters in the social media space above and beyond Gary. A lot of these people knew Gary, but, you know, Mari Smith, the queen of Facebook, Mike Steltzner, the founder of Social Media Examiner, Brian Solis, an incredible mind in the in the in the digital space, Jay Bear, fellow speaker and also just a brilliant mind uh, in the digital space, been doing it since I was in high school. So um I got to meet these people and I got to build relationships with these people and I got to ask questions and, 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 and grow my expertise on what I was already doing, but I was also getting on stages too. That worked out well for a little while. It works until it doesn't. So uh, they, I ended up getting replaced a few years into it because they always want to mix things up. It's like bringing the same MC back over and over again. So I was cool with that. So I said, but I'm going to continue to pursue these opportunities and I'm going to continue to hunt them down. So I would MC, I would email every event and I would message and DM and every single event possible. And I'd say, hey, Doug, are you looking for a guy in a bow tie to rock your stage as the MC at your next event? And the first, your first thought is, I didn't even think about bringing an MC in. That wasn't even a thought. Or, well, I normally do that. Or, hey, we're going to have Bill from Accounts do it. He does a great job with the announcements at the holiday party. And those are all <laughs> terrible decisions to make because an MC, there's an art to it. And an MC will add time, cut time, entertain, motivate, educate, differentiate, be able to just make the overall experience just that much better. And I, I had never done this before. Um, I told, I think I told Jason that. 
it's, this is the first time for everything, but I am a speaker. I've been doing it for a couple of years now. So, and my dad, you know, I, I grew up in this type of world doing, my dad did, you know, beauty pageants and all this other stuff as the MC. I think I can pull this. I know we're bow ties. So come on. Nobody, nobody argues with a guy in bow ties. So, um, um, what I was able to do is, is, is develop my craft as an entrepreneur, excuse me, as an MC. Um, but at the same time, be able to, I realized that if I was on stage all, and listen, if I'm on stage for an hour, you may not have been there that day. You might've missed my session, but if I'm on stage all two days, all three days, you can't forget the guy in the bow tie. You never forget the guy in the bow tie. So if I want to meet and connect with new people, I'm able to do that through means of being the MC. People pursue the guy in a bow tie. People pursue the guy on stage. They want to be in the green room. They want to peek behind the curtain. They want those conversations. So that really all started to happen. And Social Fresh was a great platform to start this. But the real game changer happened when I sent a tweet to a guy by the name of Ryan Dice. And Ryan Dice is probably one of the most prolific marketers of our time. The guy is an absolute brilliant mind and also the founder of digitalmarketer.com. They put on a conference every year in San Diego called the Traffic and Conversion Summit. Some 12,000 marketers show up to this conference. I send, I see an ad for Traffic and Conversions 2015. So I follow Digital Marketer and then Twitter's like, hey, you might want to follow Ryan Dice. He's the founder of Digital Marketer. So I was like, perfect, follow. Had no idea who Ryan was. Send him my normal tweet. Hey, Ryan, you need a guy in a bow tie to rock your stage at the upcoming Traffic and Conversion Summit? He replies back, actually, we do. Your timing couldn't have been better. <laughs> Can you DM me? And I said, yeah. So he DMs me his cell phone. He goes, call me at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Let's chat about it. Sure enough, he calls me the next morning, 9 a.m., taking his kids to school. And he's like, listen, this show is continuing to grow. We've been doing it for about eight years now. And I can't be everywhere. There's several stages, nor do I want to be. I'm the face of the brand. I give a couple of keynotes. And that's the extent of what I'm actually doing here. I'm trying to remove myself. So when I say your 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 timing is impeccable, it's perfect. So let's get this started. How much is this going to cost me? And I go, 2,500 bucks a day plus travel and incidentals. And he goes, all right, done. We'll get you a wire sent this afternoon. I'll loop you in with the team. And I hung up the phone. And I literally just stood there and stared at it for a second. Because remember, I've been doing this stuff for free. Up mm -hmm. until so I was getting paid almost eight racks to do this. Now, now we got something we're really working with. So, yeah, um, I did that show for about four years, and it was uh, it was a great experience. It was I said that ripple effect still takes place. People are like, Dark, did you MC TNC one year? So that ripple effect still continues to come both through the means of the podcast agency, new opportunities, and of course credibility. There, in fact, I went back last year with their VIP sponsor, uh, Height Digital. Um, just because cool. I had done that show for four years. So JC Height said, hey, why don't you come with the team? I'll pay you to make introductions all week. And I was like, is this real life? So I got to go back on the other side of the fence and really experience all that. But then I realized that I hate being an MC. So I pulled the plug on it all. I no longer, <laughs> I no longer MC anymore. It is the hardest job in the building. You're the first guy there, the last one to leave. Um, I thought they were bringing in Sebastian Rusk as the MC. No, they were bringing in a hired gun to do your job, get your check, shut up and go home. That's what you're yeah. here to do. You really don't matter other than being able to. And I thought, I'm, I'm not here to do this. I'm here to be seen, heard, and validated because of my talents. And that's not being done by just being a hired gun. There's nothing wrong with being an MC. There's there's not a lot of us out there. I mean, there's it's a very, very, it's a very, very unique world. I, I have some incredible friends that are 10 times the MC that I will ever be. They juggle and fire and all kinds of crazy stuff. But it's been fun to, to build around that community. But I just got to, I had, I got to a point where I had a less than pleasurable experience at an event. And um, it was my fault for not screening the client out, you know, but I, I came back 
from that trip. And I said, uh, let's just ask yourself a simple question and let's, 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 let's tell the truth. Do you want to do the work? Yes or no? Answer the question. Ready? Go. No, I don't. What do you want to do? I want to impact people's lives and businesses through my message, my story, and the power of podcasting through means of, of, of speaking. So we're just going to continue to speak. Um, um, we're, we're going to continue to just stay in the lane of just speaking, maybe some moderating here and there. And every now and then I'll get a call from a dear friend or get a ludicrous amount of money offered to me and I'll do something um, in the MC realm a little bit, but it's always going to be on my terms on, on what's happening, but solely focused on uh, just, just, just doing uh, speaking and communicating work. Now, my one rule is really under podcasting. If it has to do with podcasting, it's a yes. So I currently host three podcasts at the moment, which I don't recommend. And, um, and I help folks <laughs> find their voice uh, through means of doing it and then speaking and writing books. And uh, my YouTube channel is a, is a big, a big part of my content strategy, which is, is my favorite piece of social media, not to create, but to have because it's the new TV and it's my TV channel. So me creating, there's nothing better than getting a phone call going, I just binge watch your whole channel. Holy cow, you're the guy from the video. Wow, I want to start a podcast. And then they hire you. Like there's nothing yeah. better than that. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that at scale. Um, but um, yeah, man, my, my, my gift is communicating and I do it with a mic. I'm either at a, in front of a live audience or uh, on camera or doing it through means of a podcast but it's definitely become um, my, my life's work because I know that I leave people different when, when we have a conversation, even if it's mm -hmm. in the back of an Uber, on an airplane, at a networking event, at an event, on stage, off stage. And that's really what this whole thing's all about. And we're going through life knowing that we, we're creating experiences to leave a lasting impact in other people's lives. Uh, that's a massive, massive, awesome story. You know, and I know you're eloquent at telling it because you've done it so many times, but um it's awesome to hear the whole thing. I think I've heard a bunch of bits and pieces of it. Yeah. But to, to, to hear the whole evolution from 2009 to 2022 and and to hear about the struggles you had early on, you know, and then and then coming into your own as an MC and then eventually figuring out, hey, this is how I impact people through through podcasting. You know, yeah. this is what I really enjoy. The the YouTube's a great point too, because uh, you know, that's my kids would much rather watch YouTube than Netflix or Hulu yeah. or any of those other things. You know, we keep them off of it because there's a bunch of junk on there, you know, sure. but there's kids YouTube and all that. And um, they, they, they love opening up the YouTube app when we are around to, to watch them do it and seeing their dad on there, you know, <laughs> whether it's a podcast or a short form content that we've created YouTube shorts, whatever the case is. Uh, that that's a huge platform now that uh, I think people are definitely underutilizing and sleeping on. And I imagine yeah. you're getting a uh, great lead gen from there as well. Yeah, so. it, it's great. You know, people go to YouTube for two reasons to be entertained or to get the questions answered. If you can do both well, then it's, you know, winner, winner, chicken dinner all day long, but you know, creating content, you know, we're for the past, I've been doing this for the past 12 years. I go back to my old YouTube channel and I can go back to like my very first talks I gave in 2019, you know, it's, I mean, 2009 was, which are, mm -hmm. you know, terrifying, but still the same consistent message there. But, you know, we're, arch we're archiving our lives for generations to come. You know, my daughter's going to look yeah. back and her kids are going to be able to say, Hey, this is your grand, your crazy ass grandfather, you know? So, um, which, which, which is fun and, you know, and exciting, but you know, the, the big takeaway from this is that, you know, for a long time, I thought I was going to be a social media expert and an MC. Right. And I'm the furthest from both of those. Now I can still MC and I know a little bit about social media, but all of that led me to a path of healing 
myself, past trauma, loving myself, mm -hmm. becoming who I need to be, stepping into my power, regaining my power, maybe some would say, and being yeah. able to say there's got to be more here, not, not for just Sebastian, but for what I'm able to bring to the world. And I had to remove everything that was not aligned with what I knew I needed to be doing, which is communicating. And after some deep, deep work and, 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 and reprogramming in 2016, I came out of that on the back of that. Someone called and said, Hey, can you help me start a podcast? And I was like, bang. And I just started, everything dots started connecting. I'm like, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I can actually. Yeah, I know. I, I know that process. I'm like, that's it. I can stay. How do I stay in the social media world, the digital world? Because I have a reputation within the space because I've been in it for a minute. How do I stay in the world, but really niche down and find my thing? Like, what's my thing? And my thing became podcasting and, 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 you know, in, in speaking even more so communicating storytelling, if you will, mm -hmm. just, just across the board. But until I, I posted this a couple of weeks ago, you might've seen it. It was uh, uh, Michelangelo created the statue of David, which is yeah. you know, probably one of the most you know, beautiful. It was a great post. I remember to, that to date. And, and he talks, you know, people would constantly say, how in the world did you create such beauty in the statue of David. And he goes, I didn't create anything. I simply chipped away of from everything that was not of David and David appeared. And I thought, Holy cow, what does it look like for us as human beings to go through life and constantly chip away at stuff that is no longer us? Well, how do I know what's us and what's not? Listen, if you get that funny feeling in your stomach and you go, I want to do that. That's your thing. That's your why. That's your that's your drive to be able to go do that. Anything outside of that is outside of integrity. It's just not. It's you're you're not in alignment with yourself. Your true value. I got to a point, Doug. Where I said, you know what? I don't. I'm already broke. I might as well be broke and do shit that I want to do. Gary's Gary's preached that for years. You know, stop doing shit that doesn't make you happy. You can make just you can make just as much money being happy and at least figuring that all out. So you know, mindset and realizing that, you know, the work is never done. You know, I'm committed to the work for the rest of my life. And, you know, hopefully that's another 50, 60 years, who knows. But um, for now, I know that the work that I do matters. I know that how I show up matters. And I know that when I don't show up, people miss out. And to me, that's a gigantic problem. And I still struggle with it. I mean, we're only human here. Yeah. Um, and we've only got a lifetime to figure it out. But being able to have the self-awareness enough to realize that it's not about me. It's about being able to leverage the gifts that we have to impact other people's life. There's not a doubt in my mind. It's not a question in my mind that there is a calling on each and every one of our lives. No doubt. The only question is, are you going to answer that calling? And if we take it a step further, there are individuals that are attached to that calling. People that have been assigned to you for greater impact, for their lives to be changed. Our dreams are attached to other people's dreams. So what what, what, what are others missing out on when we're not showing up for what we got to do? And that, 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 that challenges me, you know, daily. And I, you have to fight, fight for happiness. You have to fight for mental health. You have to fight to be in a space and, and equip yourself with tools and do it. Exercise, mindfulness, reading, getting around, talking about it, have conversations. These are all things that are so vital and they're all part of this whole process of becoming and building whatever you want to do. I mean, I know a lot of stupid rich people. I know a lot. I mean, I don't, I don't know my friends really, but I've heard a lot of stories like how in the world that guy make it. Holy right. cow. Could you imagine if that guy was healed? Holy cow. The impact that would take place. So I know that it's going to take as long as it's going to take. And I haven't air quotes made it yet. 
and I will. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when it will actually happen. When I say made it, it means that I've made enough money that I don't ever have to work again if I don't want to. That's what that, that to me, that's make it. And I also can do some massively impactful things with the people in my life and people that I get to experience and also for the world too. So those are my reasons. Those are my whys for really wanting to make it. It's not to dive, you know, fancy cars and live in house. All that shit happens anyway. Duh, you're rich, but right. it's the impact. It's that lasting impact. It's the things that we can't directly correlate to, to money per se, but say, because, because Sebastian showed up in this way, this person's life, life in general is impacted, you know, for the better. I mean, that's just, and I still haven't figured out what that looks like, but I will. No, I love that. You're getting into the legacy conversation now. And one of the things you brought up earlier was that, you know, we're, we are so blessed that we live in a digital age where everything we're doing, especially for people like us that do it purposefully is being recorded. It's being documented. And, you know, we're actually talking to our great, 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 great grandchildren right now. They're going to right. be able to go back and see that. The question is, are they going to look us up because we made that big of an impact? That's the sure. question, right? And so the only way that we can answer that question confidently is just like you said, we've got to be able to step into our purpose. And it took you 10 years to find it. You know, DJing, or sorry, I keep going back to DJing. <laughs> uh, Doing the social media. I mean, you thought it was real estate first, right? Real estate marketing, social yeah. media marketing, and then MCing. And now you've stepped into your purpose, which is which is podcasting for now, right? Yeah. It may be something else in the future, you know? And um, I'm open. They, yeah, exactly. If they can look back and see us in these moments and see us on fire and see us in our purpose, you know, it will keep that legacy going generation to generation. And again, we're incredibly blessed that we have mediums like this to do that on. Yeah. So what's a, what's a way that you can drill that in even more? What's a way that you can basically catalog your thoughts and then your conversations with other people? Well, it's podcasting, right? Yeah. And so I know this answer, but I want to hear it from your perspective. And it's the reason that I had you on our show, building great sales teams. What does podcasting have to do with sales and how can I get more business through one? Podcasting is the ultimate networking tool. There is not a better way to get in the door. There's not a better way to get access to the people that you want to do business with than with being able to start a podcast and interview people and tell their story and make it all about them. You're able to lead with that and whole that, that, that whole process of being able to say, you want to build a relationship to hopefully sell this person something, but you're not leading with that. The leading with that is I want to get you on my podcast and make it all about you. And at the end of the conversation, go, hey, Doug, you mentioned during the interview there that, you know, there may be a need for my widget. And that's primarily what we focus on. That's actually our, our primary focus. I'd love to, to have another conversation uh, if you're open to it. And you're able to convert those individuals into clients. If you're out constantly prospecting and beating on doors, I can assure you the door beating is, lot, is, is a whole heck of a lot easier by saying, hey, let's get you on the podcast versus can we schedule a call so I can sell you my thing? Because you got 100 people that want to sell you their thing. So number one. Number two, you should be creating content for your brand anyway to be able to, 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 to edify who you are and what you do. Creating, recording a podcast episode like we're doing right now, you record it on Zoom, you get the archived video, archived audio. You can then go and repurpose that into micro content for social media. So you've got content that you're posting on a daily basis anyhow that then reaffirms exactly what you do while having the podcast lead with being able to 
interview people that you want to do business with. It's the idea of the audience of one, which I think is going to be the bonus chapter on my on my audiobook. A podcast suck. I'm finally getting around to the audiobook two years later, but hey, better late than never, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to yeah. include a, a bonus chapter. I think the bonus chapter is going to be called Audience of One. And I, I was doing a talk in Columbus a couple of weeks ago and somebody brought this up and I said, it, you know, th this is this is the audience of one strategy. I don't care about downloads and sponsorships and all this other, that, that, all that stuff's great, but it's going to take you a long time to get 10 to 15,000 consistent downloads a month, which any podcast network will look at you. Number one, number two, you got to prove how cool you are every single month. And I just, ah, I hate that. Um, not to say that it's not, but if it's there, great, take advantage of it. But at the same time, you know, do I really need downloads and sponsors to have a successful podcast? I don't know. Do you? That's entirely up to you. But when you're looking at the audience of one, you can have one download a month. And if you're closing one deal a month, the podcast is working. So it's an access tool. You know, it's, a, it's your ability to get your foot in the door and meet people that you're not currently associated with. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that, you know, and that's definitely one of the ways that I use it more than anything. I, I play the long game with it and I create the attractive personality through it. Right. And uh, absolutely, I love building relationships that way. And it's it's crazy how many of them have come back like months later and said, hey, I'm hiring my first salesperson or, you know, I'm expanding my sales team, you know, and I'm interviewing them as the sales expert, but they're coming back to me for that sales program. Right. And so um, but but not only that, on the recruiting side, it's been huge for me. So if like if you're worried about hiring the right kind of people that align with your values, the podcast does that filtering process really well for you people that are listening to it you know end up wanting to find a new opportunity and they find it through you whether it's for you or somebody in your network right yeah and so those are those are massive values and then and then you do you get free consulting you know what i mean <laughs> like right now it is this conversation it's a, it's a free mentoring <laughs> it's a free, session it is it's a free mentoring session which you can is, productively which is massive you, you're, you're productively picking someone's brain i call it Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's the easiest way to approach someone you know you want to work with but have no idea how you're going to work with them correct i mean it just opens the floor for it and then during that conversation like you said you hear about a need that they have and then you're able to work with them that way whether it's bringing them the value or it's buying your widget or consulting whatever the case is so dude i just um, remember two guys i two apex guys i need to get on the show because as part of my follow-up process mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely yeah, absolutely. I just remember. You see how that works? Still work. I mean, I, I, I teach this process because I live it. I don't. Be, yeah. I'm not. I don't do it as much as I should. I went on a rampage last year, and I just started doing. You know, was doing like five episodes a week and just meeting people left and right. And to, I'd find somebody on TikTok. I'm like, love what you're up to. Would love to get you on the show. And next thing, I'm like, I've been thinking about starting. If you're a TikTok creator, you're probably talking about starting a podcast. Yeah. So I was able to, I backed a couple of deals from, 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 from doing that too, of just actually cold outreach of saying, Hey, love your content. Would love to get you on the show and tell your story. Nobody says no to that. And if they do, they're not your people anyway. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's the thing when they, when you do reach out, when you do send that DM or when you do make that comment and they click on your profile, it doesn't matter where it is. If you're putting out the content properly, you're already setting yourself apart from 95% of the sales population out there by having a podcast in the first place. And it's funny because I've seen guys that are in sales or in, you know, virtual appointment setting, but they, in their podcast has nothing to do with sales or nothing to do with business. You know, uh, like I'm about to interview uh, Scott Conway and his podcast is all about uh, science-based plant remedies. 
<laughs> just random, right? But you and I know people in our network, the kind of people that we do business with are way into that shit, right? They're into yeah. anything that doesn't put a bunch of chemicals and stuff into their body. So they're all about it. So it, it, in the same essence, the people that we want to work, work with, that's still of interest to them. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be, it doesn't have to be like realist, you know, if you're a realtor, it doesn't have to be, you know, oh, uh, San Antonio real estate, you know, as most get very specific, get very niche in that sense, just like I did. Mine was building great sales teams. It wasn't sales one-on-one. Right. You know, it was specific to building a, a sales team. And I think that kind of gave me a little separation from everybody else that was doing the general entrepreneurship or whatever the case was, it was, a, you went there for a specific purpose. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what would you say is kind of the top or the most common mistakes you see made when it comes to podcasting, even, even within your own clients, cause you give them the playbook, right? But you know, I, I was the same way when I started working with you, I was like, all right, Sebastian said to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm going to do X, uh, F and Z <laughs> because no, this is just my style or whatever the case is. What do you common mistakes do you see entrepreneurs making when they dive into the world of podcasting? Consistency. You're just not sticking to what you say you're going to do. That's all. If you can stay consistent, put the blinders on, say I'm committed to this thing for the next 16 months before I mm -hmm. give myself permission to throw the talent, I think it's consistency. I think that's the biggest mistake people make and trying to do it all on your own. So if you think you're going to record your show, edit your show, upload your show and save yourself a buck, I'm here to tell you, buckaroo, that you're, you're costing yourself more money. So yeah. figure out somebody that can get, I, listen, you can start a podcast on your own. I can get you there faster. So when, when I say there, there is the finish line. So there's no special sauce to it. I think people are like, well, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to be the next Joe Rogan. I'm like, hit the bricks, pal. The odds of that happen, slim to none. I'm not here to shit on your dreams, but probably not going to happen. So let's become the next Doug Mitchell. How's that sound? And that's that. That's the conversation that you know, that we try on. But I think the most common mistake podcasters make is not realizing the amount of work that's involved. Number one. So if you think you're going to do it all on your own, that's a terrible strategy and it's a great way to hate your podcast. And then actually sticking with it. Well, we started it, and then it kind of, and then it kind of what? Then you kind of just stop keeping your word. I got it. Okay, cool. So if we're honest with ourselves about the lack thereof of the, you know, the common things that are there. Usually the, the arrow points back to us, finger points back to us on, you know, what could potentially go wrong with the podcast. Cause I I'm, I'm living proof to see, you know, what we, the work that we do and the people that are still in the game and the radical changes that it's made in their life. So I know it works. So I know it's a, it's an internal issue. Um, not, not, not an external issue, you know, most of the time, but I would say consistency and realizing the amount of work. In fact, I just made a post yesterday in apex about that. It was an older post, but it was a, what no one tells you about starting a podcast. And that one, the, the main two were, you know, the level of, it's going to take work. Imagine that. And then it's also, uh, you know, it's going to take work and you've got to stay committed. I talk a lot about that in my book. I think I wrote a whole chapter about mindset and commitment because mm -hmm. it's so, it's so important when it comes to things like a podcast, because you've got to show up for the interviews. You've got to record. You have to do what you say you're going to do like yeah. life. Um, and I don't think a lot of people, and I try to, I talk more people out of starting a podcast than I do start a podcast. Because I sell from a space of integrity and selling from integrity says I sell someone, someone, I sell someone something because it's in their best interest. And I think a lot of people confuse that because, you know, they're chasing the almighty dollar or whatever it might be. But 
I'm good. I'd rather sleep at night knowing that I'm selling something to somebody that they actually need that's going to impact their life uh, for the better. And the, the upside to that is that I get paid to do that. So in that situation, you're recognizing that they essentially don't have what it takes to be consistent in that situation. Yeah. And you're like, hey, this probably isn't the best for you. Or it's like, I just want to start a podcast. I don't know about what, but I figured I'd call you and you'd help me figure it out. I'm like, dog, I'm not a miracle worker. <laughs> I can't write the whole thing for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can you steal the deal? Somebody called me last week, like, can you do all the scripting for each episode? I go, yeah, sure. Why not? Do you want me to drive you to work too? <laughs> no, uh, a couple of things that you said is don't try to do it on your own. I, I couldn't agree with that more um, because, you know, you figure by the time you decide you want to start a podcast, whether you're a high-end salesperson, an entrepreneur, a business owner, whatever the case is, a C-suite executive, you're in that six-figure category, right? If you break down all that work that we're talking about versus the fees that are paid to you versus the time that you're going to take doing it yourself, what you're going to find is you're overpaying when you do it yourself. Sure. And then you're actually even more overpaying because it takes you longer. And then even more because you're not the expert on it. You know what I'm saying? When you have a whole team of experts, whether it's content or editing or transcripts, whatever the case is. Yep. So I couldn't agree more on that. Uh, one thing I would want to add, though, is what, when I hear other people's podcasts, what I find them doing wrong is, and it's funny that I just got a notification um, from the Fathom tool that I told you about yesterday. Yeah. And it told me that I've been talking 25% of the time, which is like, perfect. You know what I mean? And that's what I find on other podcasts is that the host is talking too much. The yeah. host is talking 60, 70% of the time. And it's like, if you're interviewing somebody, they should take about 60 to 70% of that time. Not I, I say that a lot. I said that a lot. I think I, I posted that in Apex a few months ago because I had a host just talk the entire time. And I said, as a mm -hmm. podcast host, you have one job. Just shut the fuck up and answer questions. That's your job. That's it. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, a common mistake, another common mistake is that you take what your guest is saying and then you tell your version of it. And yeah. that's not a good interview. I learned that from Larry yeah. King. I wrote a whole, in fact, I'm recording that chapter right now, interviewing people because mm -hmm. people cut, hit me up a lot and say, how do I interview someone? I'm like, that's the thing. But I guess it doesn't come natural <laughs> to, mo to most people. But it's, it's yeah. the idea of the 80-20 rule where your guest should be talking 80% of the time and you're talking 20% of the time. So you're almost there. You're at 25%. So keep plugging. Absolutely. Well, I, it's, it's also a lot easier when you have a good guest, right? So I've yeah. had episodes where I'm talking like 35, 40% time, but I literally have to lead the guests the whole time. They're giving oh, me one, two me up, word Scotty. answers. Right. <laughs> right. Let's use That's your just, big words. Yeah. Yeah. And, and elaborate a little bit. You know, I've literally said elaborate on that a little bit. Right. <laughs> Right. It's like we're telling stories here, not giving answers. Okay. Correct. All right, brother. So what, what is, what is next for podcast launch labs? What are you guys working on? I know you're coming out with some cool stuff that you guys sent to me, which is um, transcriptions and yep. some, some you are doing some of our um, stories right now, as far as content, those are looking really good. What else you got in the pipe? Yeah. So We've had a lot of requests like, can you get me on other podcasts? Can you help me market my podcast? Can you help me out with content? I've been resistant because I really like the lane that I'm in right now, which is helping people start a podcast. I know mm -hmm. there's money to be left on the table. I understand all that, but I really want to perfect this process of launching a podcast in 90 days or less and then going into our 12-month program, which we've pretty much figured out 
thanks to you uh, and made it a requ- an absolute requirement as the, the program's in, in the 90 days to launch and then a 12 month program on the yeah. tail end of that, where we, you know, it's a podcast incubator where we produce your show, create content, et cetera. So we're going to continue to, to do that and, and, and build onto that. So we've started to introduce additional things like we're becoming more full service, which I was really resistant to. So the next phase for the podcast launch lab is um, more of a full service solution. So instead of you recording your episode, us editing it and you going and uploading everything, we can, we're now helping with the upload process to your podcast hosting account. We're now helping with writing the show notes, which is a detailed breakdown with timestamps and everything uh, for each and every episode. Very important for um, uh, not only hearing impaired uh, or, you know, the, the or um, seeing impaired, but also, SEO purposes and being able to index the content for your podcast uh, and then transcribing the podcast, which contributes into that ex- and into that process too. Um, that, that'll be part of our arsenal of monthly services on, on what we're doing. So right now we edit the episode, produce micro content, write show notes, upload the episode, transcribe it. Those are three new services we've added onto that. And we've started to roll that out slowly with a couple of clients, you guys being one of them. The next mm-hmm. phase is figuring out how do we take the content that we're creating? Like, so you're a, you're a unique breed. We're doing a little bit of a different thing on, on a monthly basis with you guys. It's more content heavy along with the show right. notes uh, stuff on there. But what does it look like to increase the amount of content? Right now we do a micro video and a audiogram for each client's episode. For you, we do like 26 pieces of content per episode, but you're a rare breed. But um, mm. uh, what does it look like to be able to have that add-on? Like that added additional component in addition to two pieces of content, what's it look like to give you seven pieces of content? And then what does it look like to market that content? So to run ads and do boost posts and promote posts and do paid content on that, not a lot, but spend a couple hundred bucks a month marketing that content. What does that look like as far as a podcast marketing solution? So you pay right now it's seven 95 a month uh, right now, but Hey, we've got a marketing solution that we're adding. So for another 500 bucks a month, it includes, you know, seven pieces of content per episode and ad spend of X, Y, Z on these specific platforms. So I'm figuring out what that looks like. Thankfully I'm one of you. So I can take mm-hmm. my content and my shows and we could test all this stuff out on Sebastian stuff. And if it works with Sebastian stuff, well, I feel confident enough being able to offer that to our clients. So that's long-term, short-term, a little bit longer term than that, a little more macro than that is the podcast booking solution. I get asked about that a lot. Can you get me on another podcast? I'm sure that I could if I really thought about it and put together a game plan. Is it an automated system yet? No. But once we continue to, once we get to like a hundred shows, even like 50 shows that we've launched, we'll have a network of our own. So we can start playing matchmaker with our clients that are already in the network and then people yeah. that want to be on other podcasts. So um, <clears throat> that's what I got down the pipe right now. I've been really solely focused on, we've been rocking this year, um, which is mind blowing to me uh, that we've, we've had such exponential growth, but it's just been absolute bananas. Um, we're on pace to do multiple six figures this year, which I never thought I would be uttering those words you know, ever at all. Uh, but we hear uh, <laughs> they didn't want us winning. God did. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh <laughs> That's, uh, that's what's <laughs> happening, man. It's how do we turn this thing into a million dollar business? That's the idea. And then sell it to Spotify for 650 million as a full turnkey podcast launch solution, marketing, guest booking, full service, because they don't want to go and create it. It's easier just to acquire us, keep me on for a couple of years so I can transition everything out. And then I'm going to go rent surfboards on the beach down the Caribbean. Damn. <laughs> just scaled your whole business in front of us. I love it. That's it. So I cast the vision right there. Yeah. I do. I do want to point out a couple of things. One, you got a 2.0 product. 
which is fantastic, especially for guys like me that are like, we're, we are, I, I am, I'm all about the metrics and the numbers, right? I want those increases in numbers and everything. And the idea that I could actually advertise my podcast, increase those numbers aside from, you know, like the reason you're blowing up right now is because the work you've been putting in from, from day one, I think I was one of your first clients and I kind of got you watch you take that journey and you're not just like posting hey this is sebastian and this is business and this is podcasting right you're posting value you're posting actionable items that they can take in launching their own podcast and then eventually you know that they're going to get to the point where like oh, fuck it sebastian just take this shit over and you do it man <laughs> you know right. what i mean well that's the and, idea is give away the process yeah. sell the solution mm -hmm. and so you've been doing that for the past year and i 100 percent believe that's why you know, you are in the multiple six figure range now. And then on, on top of that, creating the, uh, the pod matching type service. Right. So I've, I've signed on for a few of those. It's just too much. You know what I mean? And then when I, what I found out is once I got around 2000 downloads a month, then, um, all of a sudden I started getting the better, you know, they were emailing me directly to, to have their guest on my show. You know what sure. I'm saying? They were looking for me versus, me having to go look for them kind of thing. Yeah. And so it kind of worked out now, now at least one guest a week is completely outside of any network that I have. So that's pretty cool that that's, that's happening now. And I think you can kind of give them the service of evolution in that sense, you know, whether it's, well, they're just starting out or now they're ready for that next level where, you know, they're advertising the podcast. Yeah, so exactly. that's going to be massive for you guys. Well, I, I figured it. We're gonna roll. I think we'll roll it out. We'll probably roll it out with guys like you, where I'm like, "Hey, man, pay me, give me two fifty an episode, you know, that I get you booked on, mm -hmm. and then that's you know for you to be guest on other podcasts." Right. And then it's like, "Hey, if we do two a month, cool, it costs you five hundred bucks. If we do four, cost you a thousand bucks. But you got on the podcast, you got on these podcasts you wanted to do, or something, something like that, um, where I can get in there and can I pull this off? Because last thing I would do is say, "Hey, Doug's thousand bucks a month. I'll get you on four shows. And guess what? And the month rolls around, you're like, "Hey, I've been on no shows." So I'm like, how do I, how do I figure all that out again? You know, integrity keeps you right where you need to be at all mm -hmm. times. It keeps you exactly where you need to be. So I was like, wait, great. Can I go sell it and then figure it out? Cool. If that, that's the marketer's way, but I feel I could sleep a little bit better at night knowing that I have a strong enough network that if Doug's like, can you get me on this show? I know that I can. And it's just connecting those dots. Cause I don't know what shows you want to be on and who I already know. So Right. Um, and, and so one of the things I've, I've done is the people that have brought me really good guests, like randomly via email, just emailed out and said, Hey, I got this guest and it's been on point for my show. And I'm like, I would love to have that guest on there. Like one of them was the, the, the founder of this tool fathom that I'm using right now. It's a zoom add on. Right. And he, so he was on the show last week and uh, that was a great guest for me. So now every time they email me, basically they're in. Whatever yeah. guests they bring me, I'm probably going to bring on the show and I'm going to listen to their email because they already brought me value from get. So I, I would imagine when you reach out to that certain show, all of a sudden you got shows in your lineup that will take whatever guests you send them because you send them the right guests. Right. You know, you don't just send them whatever and see what sticks. You know what I mean? You send them the, the right profile for their show. So I think that's going to be huge. Yeah, absolutely. So well, stuff like this is already happening. I mean, I'm, this is the third client show I've been on. So that's mm -hmm. kind of fun. And then I've, I'm sure that you've connected with a few other people that have, I think you were on Barbara's show or had Barbara on yeah. your show. And so it's, it's yeah. fun. Now I'm seeing clients get on other clients. show, and I had nothing to do with it. So I was like, cool. Mm -hmm. What if I did have something to do with that? What would that all look like? But that's right. just, that's, that's my vision coming to life. That as this, our, the podcast launch lab network continues to grow, I firmly believe it's going to grow into a mastermind. 
I firmly believe it's going to oh. become it, it's going to become an absolute business mastermind. And the guy that started it is Sebastian, the podcast master. Uh, he started it, but he brings all of us together, and we get together, you know, quarterly, and uh, we share business ideas, and he brings speakers in. I mean, very comparable to what we experience in Apex, which a lot of that stuff happens within Apex. A lot of new things are birthed out of Apex, which is really the design of it. Still staying highly engaged in it, and still being able to create. And I was told that when I early when I joined on, like if you do if you do it if, if you're doing it right you can build your own apex while being an apex not just to replace apex but your version of of apex apex will never be duplicated but it's one of a kind yeah i've been preaching this for a while now you know what i mean instead of entrepreneurs you need to sub that out with your niche right so mine would be solar and roofing right yours would be podcasting real estate you know construction home services whatever the case is like that entrepreneurs level needs to be niched in apex and so um now like like everything that i've been pitching over the last year certain things are hitting finally and they're doing them and so i feel like if i bring it up enough they're gonna do that long term but that would i mean it's just a franchisee model you know what i'm saying yeah. and then i'm the franchisee owner now and and i can push you know solar and roofing whatever the case sure. is so yeah, that's, I never thought of, I never thought about that. That's yeah, because then you get the horsepower behind you know, that Apex and 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 Suman have, you know, behind all of there. that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would 100%. always want to. I would. I would always want. To, I don't ever see a reason to ever leave Apex unless I'm b- rich and bored, and I still, again, Sammy Knight. Okay. So not that Sammy's <laughs> not that Sammy's bored, but Sammy doesn't have to do any. He definitely does not need to be a member of Apex. Does not have to. He chooses to be, and he always shows up, and he's probably one of our most valued members with wisdom. But you know. Again, Love I'm not that, telling dude. you anything. Dude. Yeah, me too, man. Sammy and I for president. <laughs> so, so you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to kind of just put, put the final pin in it before we wrap up here. What does legacy mean to you and what legacy will you leave behind? You know, we look at life. Are, are you just going through the motions? Are you just, you know doing the bare minimum. I mean, I think even if you have goals and aspirations or you've done the, you've done everything right, whatever that means, have a family and you're doing all those things right. But are you still just going through the motions? Are you okay living in a world where, Hey Doug, I'll sell you my bullshit and you sell me yours and we'll call it a deal. Or do you deeply passionate about seeing Doug become who Doug needs to be and vice versa. And I think that's a perspective that, that is worth taking a closer look at. Because when we go through life, listen, li- the Bible's clear about it. It says we're a, we're, we're, we're a mere vapor, and life is so precious and, 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 and meaningless at the same time, Ecclesiastes would tell us. I'm not preaching, but these are some life things that are applicable that come out of the word. But when, when we go through this thing called life here, are we just coasting through? Because, listen, eventually, and we don't know when our number's going to be called, you know, that's it. We go through life, and we either make an impact, leave a legacy, or we don't. And we die, they throw us in a box, kick some dirt on top of it, and everyone forgets about you in about two weeks. I don't know that that happens if you've got a legacy attached to who you were while you, were, while you had your time here. What did you do with your time on earth? I read a book years ago about the story of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. It's called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. It is an incredible book uh, how Jim Simbala and his wife uh, built the Brooklyn Tabernacle, which is still in existence. I've been there before. The choir is a 500-person choir that'll blow your absolute mind. It's just a, g- a great experience. But the book told the story of 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 building the Brooklyn uh, Tabernacle and everything that they went through. 
And I'll never forget one sign that said, you know, they had failure after failure after create. And it was just crazy times like this. God, what are you doing here with helping and calling us to start this church? It's just not happening. And he goes, I finally got to a point where it, it, my, my biggest fear became me going through life without God showing up on my behalf mightily. And I thought, wow, what does that look like to live a life where God shows up mightily on your behalf? That means he's given you a platform to get out there and do something and make a lasting impact with. And if you're doing that, which you should be, I'm not here to tell you what to do, but you know what you need to be doing. But if you're, if you're, if you're taking full advantage of this, we're just, we got one shot going through this thing called life. You're either going to make it count or you're just going to coast through and you're going to die and they're going to throw you in a box, kick some dirt on top of it and forget about you in two weeks. Or they're going to look back and go, hey, you know what? Because I knew Sebastian, because Sebastian was here, because Sebastian did this, this, the world's different. A person's life is different because of the content that's there. My books, my content, my YouTube channel, that stuff will be here for years to come. It will well, well outlive me. And I think that's a very, very important thing is the legacy. What are we leaving behind? for future generations. Help the person that you used to be. And when you do that, I think that a legacy is being created um, by default, uh, but it's not just something we should be doing. It is your responsibility. Amen. Amen, brother. So when you said that, help the person you used to be, that is literally my why for our Gensa, my business. You know, I think about myself at 19, 20 years old, lost, had all this entrepreneurial type energy, sales energy, energy for life. And every time I took another job, it just kept getting shut down and shut down and shut down until I worked for another entrepreneur. And they gave me the opportunity that I needed at that time. And so when I think about Argenza, that's, that's how I think about it. I want to help me, you know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Yeah. So love what you said, brother. Uh, love all the value you brought to the podcast. Um, the stories that you tell and the way that you tell them is a gift hundred percent. So I love that you're living that purpose and you can see it just oozing out of you energy Thanks, and in, in the spoken word, um, you do have an offer for our listeners to put out there and, uh, in order for them to take advantage of that, where do they need to go? Go to podcast launch lab now.com podcast launch lab now.com. That link will be available in the, uh, in the show notes. I guarantee it will be. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, if you've got a nudge. If someone told you you should start a podcast, if you've been thinking about it, that is reason enough to, to, to spend some time and explore what that looks like. Um, that link I just gave you podcast launch lab now.com will take you right to my calendar and we can book a time and chat about what's possible um, with starting a podcast. But I know for a fact, a podcast will change your life and your business. If you let it. I love it, brother. Thanks again for coming on the show and let's get building. Thank you, brother. Thank you for joining us on this episode of building great sales teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe so you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.